Hi everyone, this is Anna, and you're listening to my podcast on Heaven and Hell. Welcome back to the Summer Reading Plan. I'm calling today Romans 12, Part 2, because we're really just talking about all of Chapter 12 again in light of what we talked about yesterday, which is that you can't have Chapter 12 without the 11 chapters that came before it. Chapter 12 is the beginning of this practical application section, the Paranesis, and it's pretty easy to read and comprehend compared to the first 11 chapters. However, if we were to just pull out chapter 12 and read it on its own, you know what it would look like? A checklist. And checklists don't belong anywhere near our relationship with God or our relationship with others. If we start just checking things off, then we're falling back into legalism. And we're back right there where the Roman church was. And that's why Paul did all of that teaching in the first 11 chapters so that he could give us this and um, so that he could show us that the power in chapter 12 is that all of these things are a result of a transformed life. It's not something that we can do on our own. One of my Favorite Bible commentators, Warren Wearsby, divides this chapter into three sections. Verses 1 and 2 are about how our relationship with God is changed when we present ourselves to God. Um, Verses 3 through 13 are all about how our relationship with other believers is, uh, our relationship with other believers is changed. And verses 14 through 20 are about our relationship with our enemies and how that should change. So, Let's just start from the beginning. We talked about verses 1 and 2 yesterday, but I want to revisit them for just a second. When I read scripture, something I try to do is to look for words that are repeated. And in these first two verses, there's a word that stands out to me, and that word is acceptable. It's it's stated twice. Verse 1 tells us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. And verse 2 tells us that by Testing will be able to discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And this could be kind of confusing if we don't connect these scriptures to everything else that we've read in Romans. Because if we're supposed to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, um, my question would be that I thought there was only one perfect and acceptable sacrifice in Jesus. And that's true, Um, and that's why we have to connect this scripture with the other scriptures that we've read. Romans 7, 4 says, Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. So, presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice is still not about us or anything we can do. It's about what Jesus did and us taking on his death, which we do through baptism, which is what Romans 6 and verse 4 tells us. What both Romans 7, 4 and Romans 12 tell us is that if we are living our life as a sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, then our life will be changed. Romans 7 says we will bear fruit. 
Romans 12 gives a lot of examples of how our life will be transformed. That's fruit. And that's kind of what the rest of this chapter is about. It shows us how that fruit manifests itself in our relationships with others. Romans 12.10 says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. This is the section about our relationship with other believers. And I really like how the New Living Translation reads for verse 11. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. So it gives us kind of just a list of how to love each other well there. Um, Not a checklist, but how when our lives are transformed, what it should look like. But at the end of this chapter, and this is where I want to spend the rest of our time, Paul talks about how to treat our enemies. I think this is a good time to bring up perspective again. Remember who Paul was writing to? The Roman church who had just gone through this period of civil unrest where the Jews and Jewish Christians were expelled from Rome. They were often enslaved. And in verse 14, Paul tells them to bless those who persecute you. Whoa. I'm not saying that we, um, those of you who are listening to the podcast and myself, the people that I know, I'm not saying that we're not persecuted for our faith. Um, I don't know you and I don't, that you may, you may be. And certainly there have been times in my life that I have, maybe not to the, that extent, but, um, what I am saying is that if Paul could ask the church in Rome to bless their enemies, then surely we can. And what I want to look at here too, is just kind of how these scriptures are organized because it doesn't go unnoticed by me either that these scriptures about how to deal with difficult relationships or even how to deal with difficult people like your enemies or people who have hurt you. It's not just like this is the section about how we should treat other believers. This is the section about how we should treat our enemies. They actually kind of mesh together. There's bless those who persecute you, but then there's, um, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head because I didn't write it down, but then there's like, Weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And then there's the verse about not taking revenge. So they kind of um, bounce back and forth a little there. And I think it's something to point out that um, sometimes the line between friend and enemy or even family and enemy can become blurred because people are complicated and relationships are complicated I think the takeaway here is that we need to love each other the best we can. And if something goes wrong, something goes amiss, the scripture tells us that God will take care of it. And that's good news for all of us.